1: The Bulldogs don't mess with their jumper that much, but they do sometimes. Their Executive Director of Football, Chris Grant, has been good enough to join me. It's probably not his portfolio, jumper design. Welcome to you, Chris. Firstly, great to have you on.
0: Afternoon, Blaine. How are you? Uh, No, I'm good. Um, Artistry is not part of my, uh, my remit or my strength, let me tell you, but... I will say we've actually had a couple of ripping jumpers the last uh, couple of years. Ours is a pretty good, simple one, um, our traditional jumper. Um, but we've had a couple of throwbacks to the past as well over the last couple of years, and they've worked pretty well. Um, but I haven't had a hand in any of that. Um, so, yep, no good for my end.
1: What is your portfolio, though, Is recruitment? And you've done pretty well. Should we start with Liam Jones? You look good.
0: Yeah, no, it was a really positive start, um, no doubt, I think. Um, you know, the off-season was a fairly busy period for us. And, and Sam and the team did a, a wonderful job in uh, acquiring uh, Rory, Liam, and, and also Oscar Baker uh, from Melbourne. Um, and all of them have fit in really well and haven't missed a beat uh, since they've been with us, which is what you hope when you're acquiring players of, of experience and have been in the system for a while. Um, but no, all of them played really well, and in particular, um, you know, Liam... Uh, did very well down back um, Rory found his feet um, in the forward line and I thought Oscar actually played really well um, as a late inclusion um, uh, coming on and playing that wing role for us so that no, was a pleasing start.
1: How far back does it go your knowledge that you needed a, an intercept defender a key defender like Liam Jones how far back did you start talking to him because you needed that?
0: Uh, we've sort of been in contact um, with Liam or had been in contact with Liam throughout, um, even uh, in his time uh, when he stepped away from Coltman and went up north. Uh, we stayed in contact with him, uh, not knowing if the rules would change in the future. I think the reason uh, and the genesis of that conversation uh, was just born out of, like all teams, it's such an important uh, part of the game. To be able to intercept um, within your back end, firstly be able to defend, uh, but then intercept and turn that into offense the other way. Um, and those players are, are really important across a competition. Um, it's an area that um, is, you know, was an area that we felt uh, we really needed to try and fill. Um, we've had some rippers uh, that have filled that role in the past. Easton Wood um, sort of comes to mind as one of those. Uh, Rob Murphy before that. Um, so you know, I think um, you know it was an area that we identified as. There's a real need um, doesn't mean you're always able to fill it um, but we're really pleased that Liam, you know whilst he's a, a more mature um, you know player in, in in relative terms of his career um, he's really um, kept himself very fit uh, while he had that 12-month period off and has hit the ground running with us so um, yeah at the moment it's, it's working really well um, albeit um, you know the season hasn't started yet and there's a lot of water to go into the bridge but it's been a really pleasing start for him
1: And how far back did and how does it start when you identify that we might go with this tall forward line idea as a point of difference? Because I'm curious to know whether, you know, the the recruiters obviously would talk to Luke Beveridge. Would Luke Beveridge have said, hey, I've got this idea of recruiting some tall guys like Rory Lobb get into the club. Uh, How far back does that go, this idea of going with a tall forward
0: line? Uh, It's probably just an evolution, to be honest. Wayne, it's not necessarily something we sat down and said that was going to uh, be a strategic point of difference. I think the, um, the evolution of it was really just born out of uh, a bit of need to start with. Um, obviously, having, uh, having um, you know, Aaron up forward um, and then Jamara coming through, um, it was, okay, how could we also provide them with some support? So there's part of the thinking around that. Um, and then, you know, where a player like Rory came into it was uh, it always uh, sort of a us in two areas of the ground that we thought we need some assistance to, to, uh, to support um, Tim English and, and uh, Jordan Sweet in the rack. So... Um, you know, Rory's a, a unique um, player that can play both those positions. So um, that's why we went after him and, and he's been able to uh, come in and fill that real need for us. And then, obviously, with Sam coming on the scene uh, and only in his second year, um, we know that players like Jamara and Sam um, in, the, in the early part will, will take some time to develop. But, you know, what's been really pleasing is they've developed really quickly, uh, which has actually meant that, um, you know, all of them are... Really capable AFL players, um, and they're all vying for positions in the forward line, which creates this opportunity to maybe think a little bit differently about how you could use them. And, and Luke and the the coaches have worked through that on almost sort of week by week, case by case basis, um, knowing that a player like Sam can play both ends, um, and that provides some uh, flexibility as well. Um, I know um, as it sort of panned out over this preseason, Sam spent most of his time forward. Um, and has played the, the last couple of matches up forward. You know, Luke's got that in mind uh, for the early part of this year. Um, but it does, um, it, so going back to your question, um, it it's really just evolved over time. Uh, but we're really pleased with how it looks at the moment. Um, and each of them are really enjoying playing with each other too, which is great.
1: Which wrecks the story, really, Chris, if you end up winning a flag with it and we can, t- you've told the world that it's happened kind of by accident. It wasn't a plan. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, well, you know, it's it's part of list evolution, isn't it? You, you you do have a lot of plans in place, and and some of them um, you're not able to fill quickly enough um, when other players are either in their prime, um, and you're trying to sort of build something around it. it it's hard to sometimes uh, get the uh, the list to, to line up with that. Um, but at the moment, we feel like we're we're really well placed, and you know, Sam Power who does a job for us um, on a daily basis. Done a super job uh, for us over the last couple of years, so. You know, it's given Luke and the coaches some real confidence that um, with a really flexible team, um, you know, they'll have some uh, flexibility at their disposal uh, on, on a game-by-game basis. But, you know, as I said, we we really did like the look of what um, we saw on, on Saturday, um, and hopefully the boys can carry that through the season.
1: And Luke himself, he seems like he's pretty relaxed and content at the moment. He had the hiccup early last year where, you know, he got a bit intense at a at a press conference and shouldn't have. Was that just the, the pressures of the demands of the, the football bubble? What was it and why is he different now? And how did you work your way through that situation?
0: You know, I think everyone deals with, um, with situations differently sort of based on the emotions that the game throws at you. Uh, you know, for us, um, 2021 was an emotional end. It was a fantastic end and an emotional end and a disappointing end um and also um just the relationships that you'll have within the industry um there's also some friction and frustration um in, in those from time to time too um and sometimes they can boil over or or, or step, overstep the mark a little bit i think um what we've seen with luke in particular because that's your know, your question sort of surrounding him um is and you know, the fact you've locked him in long
1: term so so you've gone with him long term now. That's the that's the difference, I suppose. In you know, this time last year it seemed like it was, yep. you know, there was a bit of friction there, but now it seems settled. And hey, he's our guy, and everything else is sort of it's all smooth now.
0: Well, that's never been yeah. The, the friction I was referring to has never been internal because what I was going yep. to um, sort of end with was, you know, how much um, you know we have uh, belief in in Luke and, and and where he can take this team and how he's gone about it over the period of time too. Um, uh, you know we all have our moments where we um we, where we have a blow up from time to time, but from internally um from our perspective uh he was absolutely our person for uh for the next period um, and we had a really good discussion about that through twenty twenty two and landed in a great spot uh, to be able to proactively announce that so yeah there's never been any friction internally uh do we have discussions that um uh, that need to be discussed from time to time absolutely uh, but we has those with us too. Um, and that's why the partnership works so well, and that's why I think um, you know he's been able to be a, a very good coach in the uh, in the AFL landscape um, over his eight years with us. He's now in his ninth year as a senior coach, um, and it sort of feels like he's now um, sort of becoming um, a coach moving into his prime, which is hard to believe after eight years. Uh, but he's evolving, um, and he's got the team in a great space at the moment. So. Yeah, we're hoping that it obviously continues, Ger- uh, uh, Dwayne, um, over the next couple of years.
1: So the football department is what you're looking after. How do you decide on what you're spending? Because Luke did um, get his cage rattled a bit by the reduction in your football department spend, and he was upset that you didn't have the the right amount of people at the club that he wanted. How do you decide what you're going to spend on, whether it's a doctor or an assistant coach or a psychologist? How do you work that out?
0: Well, it is difficult. Um you know, it was a an extremely difficult and painful situation in twenty twenty when the whole industry and competition were going through uh what we were going through uh, we weren't the only industry of course um you know maybe in some ways uh, we were uh, incredibly lucky um you know that's the way that I looked at it at the time because a lot of industries were shut down completely at least we were able to um compete and participate in some way um. Albeit, um, you know, the industry and, and our club, uh, like all other 17 clubs, lost a lot of great people uh, from the industry just because of the cuts that were imposed, um, and that was an incredibly difficult and traumatic period for all of us. I'm um, uh, sure I'll sort of speak on behalf of all um, heads of football and, and CEOs that um, sort of worked through that period of time. Um, it was traumatic. Um, I guess the decision um, and sort of going back to your question specifically, Dwayne, is more you know, from there, uh, once we sort of stabilised the ship, if you like, um, and came up with our um, new structure for 2022, it's really getting um, through the point of uh, rebuilding that again, um, you know, when the opportunity arises. And, you know, it's been really um, uh, helpful uh, having a senior coach who who understands the difficulties that you're going through and is, uh, you know, really willing to get his hands dirty and, Work collaboratively um, and collectively to, um, you know, uh, rebuild the program in the areas um, that we think we, we need to. Um, and every club would have been different with um, with the needs that they need moving forward. Um, but structurally, we've been able to bring in, you know, Mark Webb and Matt Spanger, and um, and only this year Brendan Wade from a coaching perspective. So. You know, the coaching groups uh, sort of getting back to similar numbers as we've had previously. um, We're probably still a couple short um, in our other departments, uh, working with uh, the senior managers of those departments um, on a regular basis to rebuild that too. Um, But I I guess, you know, uh, from my perspective, all uh, 18 clubs are, are working within the same parameters and experiencing the same difficulties. So... You know, providing a club's committed to uh, to paying 100% of the, the, the soft cap. Uh, block. We're uh, very lucky to have that support by uh, from the board and meet um, Baines, our CEO, um, then it's really just making uh, priority decisions, really, um, about where we're going to spend it from year to year.
1: And home games? Uh, do you see yourself ever playing more home games in Ballarat? They're going to put new grandstands up for the comm games. Um, is, is that going to... Allow you to play more games in Ballarat or do you think you'll always only play the two?
0: Oh, I think from my understanding, um, and it's way above uh, my level, it's a board and executive um, as far as CEO decision about where they head with that in the future. But I think the long term, um, certainly over the next sort of five to ten years, um, the two game um, is working really well, both for us, um, the competition as far as the AFL, um, and then also the, the, the local um, shire and council in, in Ballarat. Seems like two works really well. We have been able to add um, AFLW games to that um, in the later stages of that partnership. So and that will continue. Um, but two two is um, is where um, it, f- it fits quite well at the moment. Um, you've got to remember that each time we're playing a regional location like that, um, you've really got to prepare the players um, in a very similar way to you would uh, or how you would for an interstate game. Um, you know, Going the night before, making sure um, the players are ready for the following day. Uh, Being in Ballarat um, and, um, and just the location, it's generally a, an early afternoon game. Um, so you do really need to go up the, the night before. Um, so you wouldn't want to be playing more than two at the moment, um, based on the fixture the way that it is. And and stadiums like the MCG and Marvel um, have minimum um, games that they need to be played there um, throughout the course of the year too. So, I think two is where it'll sit for a while.
1: Chris, great to have you on. Let's hope plenty of people jump on board. Uh, let's hope uh, you get a huge membership number this year. What kind of number are you looking at? What's the, what's the number you're targeting?
0: Yeah, well, uh, we'd love to uh, love to get to, to sixty. Sixty is sixty is the uh, the big target for us. Um, we were able to get to 50 last year, and, and that was a club record for us. Um, so 60 is, uh, is a target for us. Um, and by the sounds of things, the, the phones have been running hot today. So um, it's been a good start to, to 2023.
1: Good news, Chris. Great to have you, and uh, look forward to seeing you during the course of the season. Thanks, Dwight. Chris Grant joining us, Western Bulldogs, executive director of football. So if you want to get on board, it is Western Bulldogs membership day today on SEN. Today only, get a nine-game bronze Western Bulldogs membership for the price of three at membership.westernbulldogs.com.au slash SEN.